0: Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. That was my breaking news thing. Josh, we don't have uh Josh wants breaking news. We we don't have the rights to that. We don't have the budget to get breaking news sound, even though we are with CBS. I probably should have checked with someone first before I started doing this. Hi guys, emergency podcast. How's it going? We're it's good. Going. We're good. Yeah, Yo. this is a great, this is a great start. Uh, this is Brendan Sano with Knowles 24 sevens on the bench podcast. And we are, uh, putting together a rapid fire uh, emergency podcast as FSU has fired Willie Taggart on Sunday afternoon. I have Josh Newberg with me. I have Chris knee with me. We have Zach Blostein as well because he's been recovering recruiting all day. So we have a lot to get to. We want to do so quickly, get this out for you guys. Uh, First off, let's uh, let's talk about where we were when we found out Willie Taggart was, was fired. I was driving to go get a beer with Corey Clark at war chant and had to turn in quickly to a, uh, to a strip mall and was almost rear-ended as I got the email that Willie Tiger had been fired. What about
1: you guys? Me and young Zachary were in the Moore Athletic Center waiting for recruits to leave. So that was slightly awkward.
0: Yeah, that's really weird.
1: I was on the
2: phone with a recruits parent at the time that it went down. And I didn't, I just, I think Brandon or so, Chris, somebody was calling me and I was getting a bunch of texts and I told the person, hey, let me call you right back. I got to run. And then they were calling me back like 10 minutes later. I'm like, hey, Taggart just got fired. I got to go. And they're like, yeah, that's what I was calling you about. So I had about 50 friends, uh, former coaches, current coaches all blowing up my phone while I was trying to finish
1: that hot board. That we finally got up. It's kind of funny when these things happen. And most people that were close with know what the heck we do. But, man, they sure do love to call us. <laughs> and yeah. text us. Right. I know. Yeah. I was, like
0: Most people to me were like – like actual other reporters. Like what, what are you doing?
2: Yeah. I got coaches, parents, friends. Um, if I, I could read you my text messages, (laughs) maybe a wide assortment of, of people all across America, but yeah, it's been a strange afternoon. Um, we just put the 10 names to watch up on Noles 24, seven. We're in a full blown
0: coaching search guys. It happened quickly. So I do think for context and we want to get into where FSU goes from here. We want to spin this podcast forward and there's going to be obviously a lot of talk about, about hot boards and and whatnot. And Josh, we will get to what you posted just briefly ago, shortly ago. Uh, But let's go back a couple weeks ago. uh, And this is going to be a a chance for us to pat ourselves on the back, but, but also provide context on the podcast. It was two Sundays ago. uh, Chris and I will, Let's say this, there were rumors starting to fly on that Sunday as, mm-hmm. as Chris and I were driving back from, uh, from the Wake Forest game. We were in the middle of nowhere in Georgia. We are stopping out a McDonald's trying to make some calls and stuff. Uh, called you, Josh, to, to make some calls as well. And you got the scoop that, that Florida State, uh, that some power broker types had started having conversations at some point this you know, recently with uh, Willie Taggart's representation about vetting a buyout. Uh, that obviously became news. It got circulated, got picked up. The next day, there was reports about FSU looking at Urban Meyer. Uh, following that, the Tallahassee Democrat talked to the athletic director at FSU, David Coburn, and and he basically shot down your report, Josh, and, and shot down— He the responded report. to it. He um,
2: responded. I wouldn't take it as a shot down. I mean, he's, he's representing FSU. He said what he had to say. We all knew that that was the kiss of death. Anytime that the AD, the you know, in ownership goes out to to kind of reinforce that this is my guy, yes, we are behind him. That always means that he's on his way out. So I didn't I didn't take what Coburn had to say personally. I just thought that he was doing his job as a representative of a, of FSU.
1: Yeah, he was being a firefighter and trying to put out the fires. Sure, I don't fault and, him. All right, so so I but do
2: fault s- Wayne McGahey of the yeah coaches.
1: debunking debunking <laughs> rumors. Wayne.
0: Yeah, you're listening to this Wayne debunking rumors. No, we, we we talked about that. The way that was packaged, you know, I think we all knew that there was at least legitimate smoke. Anyone who covered the program knew that there was smoke, that things were going on behind the scenes, where where people who were uh, responsible for, for raising money or for having an idea of, of money for something as substantial as like a $15 to $20 million buyout uh, were at least vetting that very carefully. And frankly, had probably been doing so for since beyond just two weeks ago this wasn't something that just popped up out of nowhere they were vetting to see if things really went went off the rails if they could get out of willie taggart's contract and, and sure enough um you know and unfortunately for for florida six this was not the best case scenario uh but but things did get derailed with with willie i mean fsu sitting at four and five right now this season uh willie ends his Florida state career. 0 and five against rivals. If he got a chance to go against Florida in a couple of weeks, probably would have been 0 and six, uh, just the program was not going in the direction. Uh, any of us wanted it to Christopher, I will start, uh, my, my question asking with you two years for Willie Taggart, actually less than that. He was hired in December of 2017. Uh, what, what do you make of the, the timeline? And, uh, not many power five coaches only get two years.
1: Yeah, the argument is going to be that FSU didn't show proper patience, and that's fair. That's a completely fair thing to state, but I think you have to take in everything that was encompassed in this situation. It wasn't simply about wins and losses. At the end of the day, that's what got him fired, but it wasn't solely about that. It was about, is this program better than it was 12 months ago, and is it better than 24 months ago, essentially 700 days ago, when he got here? And the answer today is a fairly a no. There's minor improvements, but there wasn't enough improvement. And that's what ultimately got him fired. There are many missteps along the way where he just failed to do the things he needed to do in order to get him in the correct direction to make people believe that this program was going to be better year over year than it has been through a two-year stretch of him. And I think that's why this happened today. And the ball got rolling on this with the Boise-ULM combination of games where they looked so dreadfully bad that they went out and hired a essentially a de facto DC to be a um, – member of the support staff with Jim Levitt. And then it increased with Wake Forest when the rumor mill got churning, hot, and heavy. And then we said going into Miami, it would be damning if they lost. And it was damning because of the way they lost. So, you know, that is kind of why we reached that point today. Mm-hmm. It was interesting to see that FSU actually did pull the trigger. You know, if they got to Monday at noon with the press conference and Willie Taylor walked in the room, he's coaching that next week. But the fact that they pulled the trigger beforehand, what Ben actually did on Sunday, shows that they were at the point of no return. So, Josh, that's pretty much my view on it. Where would you go from there?
2: Well, uh, I mean, physically, I think you promote Odell Hagen's to interim, undefeated in his time as interim head coach. We'll put that undefeated record on the line when we go to Gainesville. Undefeated, never lost. (laughs) On the line when we go to Boston College. That's going to be a tough game. But, um, yeah, I – I personally think that it needed to be done sooner than later in the day and age of the coaching carousel and in the way that the early signing period hits. Now you have to have a coach in place. Um, really you'd like to have it the day that the season ends. So I think this gives FSU the opportunity to realistically make a hire either before the regular season ends or have something ready to go within 24 hours of that Gainesville, um, uh, game in UF being played. Announce it that next Sunday. Boom. Now you hit the offseason with a brand new head coach. You're going to have a couple official visit weekends to bring in some recruits and you're going to salvage a recruiting class. This morning, I put something on Twitter about four hours before Willie Taggart was uh, officially fired. And I saw that there was a lot of talk about one of the reasons why Willie Taggart shouldn't be fired is because the cl- the recruiting class will fall apart. Um, and, and while that's true, people weren't taking into account what happens in the days after Willie Taggart's fired, a hire's made. And the momentum swings from, yeah, of course, are there going to be a couple decommitments? There probably will be. But as soon as a new coach is hired, uh, there the excitement comes back. The hope comes back. Kids jump on board once again, and you're going to get – some new commitments, maybe guys that weren't even involved with you under under Willie Taggart are going to now show interest. So um, I think that's a little overrated, but it is something to take into account, the recruiting classes. But with FSU making the move at the time that they did, I think this is best case scenario for FSU's 2020 recruiting class.
1: Yeah. i th- oh, sorry. Go, go ahead,
0: ahead. Oh All right. Uh, one thing to consider as well, in addition to when we're talking about attrition in a recruiting class – uh, this is a factor, and I'm not sure just how profound it's going to be, but but attrition among the actual roster yeah. as well. With with FSU, and and we've documented the APR and, and how that made it difficult for Willie, that was one of the disadvantages he had coming into this job that I don't know if he knew how grave that was, that situation with, with the APR that he inherited, but that has prevented Florida State from really, truly turning over the roster and running off some, some problematic types, uh, at least last year for sure. Uh, if guys are leaving willy guys, if you will, um, guys that he recruited, who bought into him in these first two classes, if there's departures there that, that come with uh, a coaching change, uh, or if guys just decide to you know, go pro early, who maybe who wouldn't have anyways just to get out, uh, that's going to be worth monitoring as well with this coaching change that, that could have a, a negative consequence in, in the short term.
1: We're talking recruiting, so I think it's kind of a good moment to bring Zach in. He worked the phones the last two hours since the news broke, trying to catch up with commitments, targets, mostly in the 20 class, but also some of the younger guys in 21 and 22. So, what, Zach, what was kind of the reaction that you heard from the kids as they were absorbing this news in real time?
3: I would say most of the commits are kind of in a wait-and-see mode. Um, obviously, you saw uh, defensive back Derek Bermuda step away from his commitment, but that was before the actual news of Tiger – um, getting fired broke. Um, but, you know, I spoke to a couple of commitments and they're kind of trying to class intact and just kind of waiting to see uh, who this next head coach is going to be. And then a lot of the commits kind of said they'll make their decisions and um, change up the recruitments uh, based on that information.
1: Yeah, And for example, Carter Boatwright said, obviously, I'm disappointed, but I also understand why. I think that for most of the mature kids in this class, and the kids in this class are fairly mature young guys who understood what they were getting into, I think that's sort of a expected reaction. Then there's the others. You know, Zane hearing Lloyd Willis both said essentially, I don't know for Lloyd Willis and for Zane, I believe it was, I don't know what to think. I think that's also fair. It's a lot to absorb in real time. They're wondering, hey, that guy I have a great relationship on the staff with, is he going to be there? What's their offense going to look like next year? What's their defense going to look like next year? So there's so many questions flying through those kids' heads. They're also going to hear from every school that still wants them, saying, you know, hey, we got a stable staff. We're doing good things here. Come here. So FSU is going to have to deal with a lot. And the, the goal in this interim period is for the guys who remain on this staff to do their job, earn their paycheck, and try to keep those kids retained as they hand a baton off to whoever will be the next staff.
0: Uh, for for This is a question for both Chris and Zach because you guys are – have been around the Moore Center today and covering recruiting. There was an official visit and other unofficial visitors leaving from the the big recruiting weekend. Uh, Just how weird and awkward has it been there in the past two or three hours?
1: Well, Reggie Grimes was here. He actually left with his parents on a golf cart, I believe, to go get lunch with some of the support staff and some of the staff that helps host recruits. Before or or after? uh, Before the the firing happened. So while he's gone... We're waiting outside, and the young man who transferred from Nebraska, what's his name? Miles. Miles.
3: I can't uh, remember Miles' yeah.
1: last name. But wide receiver and- from Nebraska, Miles Basket. he was leaving. So Zach and Michael Langston from Chan are chatting with him while I'm out there as well. And I was speaking briefly with Miles, but I look to my left, and I see Willie Taggart's SUV leaving. In my mind, I'm thinking, oh, he's going to meet Reggie Grimes and family for lunch before they come back, probably have a last meeting, and Reggie gets out of here on a plane to leave. The reality of that is about 10 minutes later, we come to realize Willie Taggart's been fired. You know, that's when the release drops. So that that was kind of the real time. When Reggie Grimes was leaving, he was let out by David Kelly, some of the other support staff members. It's awkward. And it was clear they didn't want us speaking with him. And he probably didn't truthfully want to speak. And that's a tough position to put an 18-year-old in, especially in real time, in person, with two guys that he's barely ever met in his life. So, you know, he got in the car and they departed. But then he literally takes a Twitter, I believe he said his father did as well, Zach, and tweeted awkward. So I think that kind of paints the picture. It's a weird deal. It's a tough thing to balance. But you can't let the possibility of recruits who have not put ink to paper dictate what you do with a coach. Schools that allow that to happen, it's foolish. If you think a coach should be fired for what it is today, you know, the, the belief that tomorrow might be brighter because of these recruits here that don't all properly address your needs, isn't the reason you keep a coach. So that's sort of where I fall in the hole. Do you do this if you have a good recruiting class? And FSU has a good recruiting class. I wouldn't define it as great. I would define it as good. And I think it's one that with the logo on the shirt, FSU will be able to compete for a similar ranked class with making a transition if they effectively do the transition.
0: Two, two things with recruiting, and uh, I want to get your guys' thoughts on it. But, but one, kind of like the Leonard Hamilton uh, theory, and I was talking about this with someone a few weeks ago with with uh, with a good source and uh, they were talking about some of the recruiting efforts with Florida State and you know hoping that they were going to ramp things up a little bit yeah I feel like if Willie had an elite class right now not just a good one but but an elite like top five one that probably would have helped him out oh give him a little bit more leeway I'm curious to get yeah, your guys uh, thoughts but but the, but the lack of a uh the lack of star power in this class, I think, hurts them because that, that we talked about in the podcast today. This this cycle, right, where FSU just isn't bringing in the the truly elite guys to help Willie out uh, of of not being a great ex no coach, and just around and around we go. Uh, do you think that would have helped him out a little bit more if if the recruiting results were better, even just just in this class alone?
2: Yeah, I yeah, think, I think if he would have signed a a
0: quarterback, it would have helped him out. Yeah. And I'm not just saying this to. Hey, are you going to cut your – wait, wait, wait. So Willie Tiger goes his entire FSU career without signing a prep quarterback. Does that mean you're not going to ever cut your hair now, Josh? Like ever again. You're I'm going like,
2: to have to pose that question to Josh. Josh still
0: tomorrow. Yeah, shave it. Come, <laughs> come down here we'll shave it for like a charity event. I, I do guess.
2: think I'm going to do Facebook Live tomorrow, so I got to get that ramp back up. How um, much do
0: you think we could get to contribute to the buyout if we shaved Josh's hair and raised money for it?
2: I don't know. I can't believe that anybody is fascinated by my hair. But if you ever log into one of my Facebook lives, it's the only thing people talk about. But what I do want to say to that point that you were on, Brendan, if Willie Taggart signs a quarterback, maybe he does get a little bit more leeway. Because let's say and I hate to harp on this, but let's say he does sign Michael Penix that first year. Instead of passing on Penix, for those that don't know, when Willie Taggart arrived, he brings Michael Penix in on an official visit. He thinks that he's going to get him, but the day before, the day that he leaves, they don't meet with the family and really sit down and say, "We want your son." So, um, their thought was, "We're going to get Emory Jones. We don't want to land Penix and and ruin our chance at Emory Jones." So, okay, but then Emory Jones signs with Florida, and now Michael Penix would be a redshirt sophomore. He's playing at Indiana. He probably, he definitely be playing at Florida State. And maybe there's a glimpse of promise. Maybe there's like a, a, a voice in the back of Booster's head saying, hey, we got this Penix guy. He looks pretty good. Let's see what Willie can Willie Taggart can do with him in year three at least. So maybe it buys him another year if he signs a quarterback
1: like that. I don't know. Yeah, recruiting's always about the broader future. I mean, today I'm sitting in the same room where Willie Taggart made the infamous, I have a plan comment. And that plan was apparently Alex Hornerbrook, if we want to believe he actually had that plan. You know, if he actually had a plan and executed and executed correctly, we probably wouldn't be having this podcast about Willie Taylor getting fired after 21 games because they'd be in a better spot because the recruiting would have been brighter for the future if they had corrected the issues at quarterback, recruited an offensive tackle, or two who definitely fit what they needed, both guys who would be good for the future and guys who would be instantaneous Band-Aids. And multiple guys in those regards, as long as they hadn't made defensive end an issue, there's so many missteps in recruiting that they made that they created a lot of issues for themselves. And the problem for people is that progress just wasn't enough to point out. There wasn't enough to say, hey, we're better, we're getting better, and the future is brighter. I I think it was a very tough pill for a lot of people to try to swallow to believe that FSU's future was truly brighter under the guidance of Willie Taggart based on what they had seen through nine games of the 2019 season.
3: And another factor that kind of goes into recruiting is addressing needs. And as seen in this 2020 class, they got no elite offensive tackles, which they badly needed. Um, There's no one that really addresses the needs that um, Brian Burns, Brian Burns leaving um, just a year ago, left them with, uh, you know, a need for a capable pass rusher. Um, They have Morvin Joseph committed. Looks like he's, um, you know, looking elsewhere now, uh, looking at his other options. So, you know, tag didn't do a good job, uh, in both of his and in, in all of his classes of addressing needs, um, especially along, uh, the offensive and defensive front
0: guys, I did it. I was trying to multitask. Very good. Zachary, your voice is much better than mine. I wish I had yours. Uh, I was trying to multitask and tweet out the story I just did per Chris's directions. I went, Two years without spelling Willie Taggart's name incorrectly while chastising those who put an E in his name. And I just did it on Twitter and deleted it real quick.
1: So You're close. A noun.
0: Good. Put me out of my misery. All right. I uh, want to take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we will wrap up the talk on Willie Taggart's dismissal or firing. And then uh, and then we'll get to the uh, – Josh, are we calling it a hot board? coaches high
1: to
0: know board season. <laughs> all right. it's my hot board. <laughs>
1: We're
0: up. we'll be right back okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with
1: available h-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all new hyundai santa fe Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: All right, we're back uh, now time to get into the, into that meat of the, the podcast. We're going to have some, some hot board takes, throw some names out there for you. Josh put this list together. He actually has had this list. Well, I don't know, Josh, how long, how long have you been running this to some form or fashion to have it kind of ready to go? It's been a few weeks, right?
2: I started writing it the Sunday after the Wake Forest game. I put six or seven names on paper with paragraphs next to each and kind of shelved it because we, we weren't going to use it <laughs> yet because Taggart wasn't fired. And I hadn't taken I, I hadn't taken it back out until today. So I had to add a couple names to it, but we still had the hot board up within, what, 30, 40 minutes of the of the news breaking? We did. We did.
0: You, you had it up pretty quickly because you had it ready to go. I mean, just for, like, to, to just to show how this works like last night uh you know we start getting word that that things are happening and and didn't necessarily want to put that out there yet uh but did want to start preparing so like we had willie taggart's fire story ready to go uh josh had this coaches board uh more or less in line these are just things that you have to kind of be prepared for and ready to go when you when you cover a team and you start hearing that that there's a legitimate possibility of it happening but you know we, we entered today and did a podcast and we're asking, you know, do we think Willie Taggart was going to be fired or not or whether this Miami game was Willie Taggart's last stand. And and while you kind of think, yeah, yeah, probably you just never know when, you know, when it's going to drop. And anyways, here we are. So uh, as we get into this list of names, to me, it seems very interesting. The directions, the directions Florida state can go because you're going to see guys with, with varying levels of experience. Uh, We're going to have some assistants on here. Uh, we're going to have some younger coaches who are, you know, kind of almost fit the Willie Taggart bill uh, being younger guys who've had success at lower level well, schools. You're not
1: really selling them well, so
0: sorry. And, uh, and, but you know, and, and let me finish my, and my thought process. Damn it. Uh, and we have <laughs> some veteran, some veteran coaches who, who may not be, you know, the, the sexiest names out there, but have proven track records and uh, would be more sustainable. So, Uh, Before we get into Josh's uh, breakdown here, Chris, uh, I know this is something that that you and I have talked about for a a while, uh, like away from the podcast. And it's something you heard uh, weeks and weeks ago that that if there was a change, if it did end up happening as FSU was preparing, that that possibly going with experience uh, would be would be something that would be enticing because there's a need right now for stability within this program.
1: Yeah, back when the Boise State ULM issue happened and some things were going on behind the scenes with just concerns about the future of the program and if we have to back out, where do we go from here? Some of the talk at that point was retread. Now, no specific name was used, but I think a guy like Bob Stoops, a guy like Mark Rick, obviously fits that definition. So I think there is some belief of it would be good to get a stabilizing force in here to try to get things back to a certain level of consistency and you know decent results and maybe prepare it to be handed off again not too long after. So I think that's sort of an idea that was in the head. Now, I don't know if that's the idea that will persist now that we're in the reality of a coaching search. And the fact that FSU has entered it early and been willing to fundraise, I think that you know the dynamic of all that has changed.
0: All right, Josh, uh, mm-hmm. let's, uh, let's tease the folks. Uh, tell me tell me what your hot board, hot board looks like. Check it out on Knowles twenty four seven.
2: I got <laughs> ten names okay. on there. Give us a couple. Essentially, names that you need to know as as as, as <laughs> ten names you need to know as FSU enters its head coaching search. Um, these aren't necessarily names that I can say FSU is contacted or reached out to. Um, these are names that I've kind of um, you know talked to people in the know. They suggested these are names that I look at or, or just directions that I generally put my focus to. So um, to start it off, uh, I don't know if you guys are into sailing, but if P.J. Fleck comes, he'll row the boat down here. Um, I don't know about P.J. Fleck. Now, I like P.J. Fleck, what he's done um, at Minnesota. My only concern with P.J. Fleck is, is he too similar to what was here recently, meaning Willie Taggart? He's young, he can recruit, he can relate, he can communicate with these kids, uh, but he also has a bunch of sayings, a bunch of uh, mottos great, that he lives great, by. Great. <laughs> a bunch of mottos that he lives by, a bunch of, you know, the, and, and he's an up and comer and a great recruiter. So he's a little bit um, in the same lane as Willie Taggart. I also like Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell, I'm familiar with him from his time back at Toledo. But more recently, I think he's been at Iowa State now for four years, maybe five. He's done a good job of keeping Iowa State not only relevant but competing in the Big 12, and he makes about $3.5 million a year. So under 40, making about $3.5 million a year, I think he's a guy that FSU could go after. Um, and you kind of hit on the older guys. If FSU were to go in that direction, uh, Mark director or Bob Stoops would be the direction I look to. Um then we have a couple guys on here that do not have any head coaching experience. And they're both at Clemson, Jeff Scott and Brent Venables. Now, there could be a, a, a few more guys in this lane, too. Dave Aranda would fit in here. Uh, Tony, there's a Elliott. Few. Tony, Tony Elliott. Tony Elliott, was the was, co-offensive was, coordinator. That's yep. a name
0: that I would add in that.
2: You could put Tony Elliott in here as well. They'd all kind of be in the same vein. Now, do we expect FSU to fire Willie Taggart to go out and hire a coach with no experience? I think that's a hard sell to this fan base. I
0: I, I would agree with you, Josh, unless it's someone – like the only one is maybe Jeff Scott because of his ties to the area. Maybe. That's the one who gets you excited. But, yeah, more or less you have to nail, really, really get someone who's exciting uh, if it's not a proven head coach. I'm with you. Mm
1: -hmm. It's amazing. An initial thought for me on this coaching search is, you know, this is our second one now in essentially 24 months. And the last one was such a – the last one was such a slam dunk. I mean, it was the the hot board was Willie Taggart. As I, like jo-
0: Josh like was asked by our boss to put together a hot board, and he responded, "Willie Taggart is the is hot the board. hot board."
2: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even yeah. So I did like a a co- uh, the whiteboard on my Facebook lives, but I never put out a coaching hot board for the last hire.
0: No, and, and then the day before, you were like were still like, oh, I'm hearing a little bit about Charlie Strong. Should I put something out? You were so close to just going wire to wire with no other names. It was still the most impressive feat of anyone covering the team, though. Uh, you, you were the most on on that. I don't Josh, be I, learned, I learned I respected you that day when I saw that text message. I was like, Josh, Josh has some balls on him. All right. All right. Oh. We almost made it, Sano. We almost made it. Yeah, I made it awkward. Sorry, guys. Um all right. So for the list to uh, one other name, well, let, let's play a game real quick. Uh, and I think in the next few days, we'll probably do another podcast as we get more Intel and get a clear idea of what Florida state's looking at. And uh, you know, other things that I want to look at too, or at least find out more about is you know, how much money FSU is looking to spend, what retention rates going to be amongst his current staff. Uh, but, but let's play a game just, just for fun right now. So totally just, just going with names and, uh, opinions, uh, for each one of you, who mm-hmm. do you think the State is going to get as a coach and who would you like to see them get as a coach? So the answer could be the same guy, uh, but like, who's the most realistic option that you think and who's the one that you personally would, would like to see? Uh, who wants to start? That is really hard. Do you want, do you want me to start? Because I've already had it in my mind, I guess, since I asked it. Yeah, go sure. ahead. I think that we'll see Bob Stoops – Uh, would be the most likely. I think the veteran proven coach, uh, someone who can kind of stabilize for a few years makes the most sense. Uh, I don't think a lot of people are going to love that hire necessarily, but if you're trying to get back to like 10 win territory and then figure it out from there and make your program profitable again, or, or, you know, more profitable, that may make sense. Uh, I would really like to see Dave Clawson. I think he's maximized the hell out of Wake Forest. I know he's on your board, Josh, He's affordable. How much is he making at Wake? Like two million dollars or three million dollars? Not a lot for a head coach. Uh-huh. Can recruit the area well, uh, but again, uh, has, has done it at the Power Five level. Has been successful everywhere he's been, uh, and and maximizes the talent around him. So, so that would be uh, that would be my like wish list guy. And uh, I know not the sexiest, but, but who I think FSU would go with as of right now.
1: I, I like Mark Stoops. I know people are going to be like, oh, the buyout, and obviously that's a big holding issue for him where it would be tougher to be overcome. But Mark Stoops would a great offensive coordinator, I'd be down for it. I really liked Mark when he was here personally and professionally. I thought he was very good at his job. I think he's done a very fine job at Kentucky. Yeah, you know, I think he's a good coach. I think he'd be a stabilizing force. He's a proven head coach, who I think it will be. I don't know, and truthfully, I don't really want to throw a name out there because I don't have a good answer to that.
2: I've been you, poking around baby. on
1: that. No, I, I've been poking around on that. And I'm hoping to get something more solid back. I mean, the last thing I really got, in, and I asked it several weeks ago, was about the retread more veteran-type coach. But I think that the needle's moved away from that towards something maybe a little different with the timeline of how we're doing all this. So I'd much rather hear back on some things before I go throwing out who I think it will be.
0: You, you know what? Uh, my wife on, sometimes on, lis- on, My wife sometimes listens to the podcast while I'm editing it. Uh, so she's maybe heard like 10 minutes before as I edit it. And she just keeps hearing early times and cheer all the time to the point where she hates the song now. Uh, some of the listeners- yes. Some of our listeners do. I love it. Uh, but she goes, does Chris ever play along? Nope. Nope. Clearly it's just a game. <laughs> Go screw yourself. Josh, who do you have? Well, this is kind
2: of a, I just want people to, I think people look – this is a tough one for me to answer because I think people look to me to have – to answer this. For the little, love of God, guys. Some sort of i qualified
0: We're just having fun here. Oh my – you know what? I'm going to end the podcast if we don't get this going in the next two minutes. This is ridiculous.
2: All right. I'm going to go most realistic hire I think um, is going to be somewhere between Matt Campbell and Mike Norvell. And then my – I'm going to give you my personal hire would be Mike Leach. And then my dark horse hire who I'm going to start beating this drum real soon is going to be Dan Quinn, head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, who I think is going to get shown the door. And Dan Quinn was the D.C. at Florida when they flipped uh, Dante Fowler to to the Gators under Will Muschamp. So he he has some ties and I think he's going to be out of a job soon. But.
0: All of the guys, but he's not on my on my hotboard. So I'm so um, over all of you right now. Zach, who who do you have? who do you <laughs> have? Zach, you can have fun.
3: Brennan, um, I think the most likely hire, I kind of agree with you, I think it's gonna be Bob Stoops, just because yeah, that's right. um I think he'll bring stability so. and a and a nice structure to the program, which it desperately needs right now. Um a coach that I'd like is I'd say uh, Mike Norvell. I like, like what he's done at Memphis. I think he's a capable recruiter. Um, and you know, I think his staff, uh, if you brought over some of those guys, they do a good job on the offensive line. So I think that could, he could bring in some important pieces with him. Um, if, if they choose to go that way.
0: Thank you, Zach. Was that so hard guys? That's all you had to do. That's all we had to do. All right. Before we yeah. go, <laughs> Jesus, I'm so over everyone in this chat right now, other than, other than Zach, uh, Before we go, I I do think we need to clarify. We all think this was the right decision for Florida State, right? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. I know when we had the podcast earlier today, we want to be careful with him still being, you know, Willie still had a job, uh, but I think the writing was on the wall. We've made that pretty clear on this podcast for the past year or so that, that there were some concerns with the overall direction of this program. Uh, thought there was a chance for him to turn it around, but, but honestly, just not enough breaks for Willie Taggart, uh, not enough lucky breaks for him to overcome some of the deficiencies of, of his own coaching staff and some of the things he did to get in his way. Uh, you guys can check out on knowles247.com some content uh, about, I guess, what went wrong under Willie Taggart. We have that. Uh, I did something a week ago on on some of the buyout pricing uh, with him and yep. the assistants. We'll have that updated. What else do we want to? do, Brandon, do, want to do right I just now?
2: it just hit me. Are we going to do like a behind the scenes on this Willie Taggart era? Like, can uh, I say some things this summer? F- off season? Yes. Sometime? Uh, there was a couple. Can you give me a platform to say some things.
0: There's a couple of things that I think we should tease. I know we did the What the Hell series with Jimbo. I don't think we have to be quite as harsh on Willie, but well, it was uh, a lot shorter it was a lot shorter Willie wasn't quite as uh, but I
2: got some stories to tell
0: yeah you do we we, we all do uh, let's <laughs> let's let the dust settle a little bit uh we'll tease it we'll do that sometime over the summer when it's a little more quiet uh or maybe sometime even even in winter time when the dust settles a little bit but but I'm down for it Chris do you want to be a part of that
1: I'm going to Vegas for like 10 days this summer you guys have a blast all
0: right
2: <laughs> all right anything else before we go No, I I think it was a serious, you know, and and all jokes aside and and all excitement aside, um, I think Willie Taggart is a really good dude. I think he's a good person. I think he means well. I think he wanted this job. Uh, I think he wanted to succeed at Florida State and wanted the best for the university, but it just didn't work out that way.
1: Yeah, which is disappointing because it was clear a moment he got hired how excited he was to be here. And he tried. It wasn't like he didn't try. He may have screwed up along the way, and that's why today he had to pack his bags and go, but he did try. He wanted it to be better than it was, and I think in his heart of hearts, he believed that they were going to have success eventually, even though it didn't look like it was trending in that direction. And I would also add fans and people that like this program and support this program need to financially support this program and understand that there needs to be an investment of the fan base. For the future of this program. I think that's a very important thing that FSU needs to kind of find a restoration point with. I think that's deteriorated over the last several years before Willie even showed up. I think it's a very, very important thing for FSU as they move into the future.
0: Yeah, we can't be doing this again in, in two years. That mm-hmm. that would be that would be a, a huge, huge problem for, for the program. I probably won't be employed if that happens. Oh well. For for our rules 24-7s on the bench podcast, this is Brendan Sedone, Josh Newberg, Chris Knee, Zach Blossene. Guys, thanks for joining me. Thanks for being patient with the emergency podcast.